Sat with Craig uh, David, this is fantastic. Uh, I was curious, with New York being the type of city that it is, do you remember the first time you ever came here? Like, was it to perform and what that was like? Yeah, I mean, I came here, wow. It would have been around 2000, 2001, when we, started, when we released the, the record here. Um, do you know what I loved is that, I mean, obviously, your first time to New York and you start to see skyscrapers and yellow taxi cabs and everything you've seen in all the movies. So once I got my head around that, kind of like, wow, we're here. It was kind of then reminiscing about the people that I, well not at the time, it was just like, who were growing up listening to. So you're talking like Biggie, Brooklyn and kind of, I mean that's why I'm doing like, going to Brooklyn today and, and performing, thinking of like, Notorious B.I.G. and thinking of DJ Premier and Gangstar and Nas and all these guys, you're just thinking, for the hip hop that I grew up listening to, I was actually here. And I remember used to go, I used to go over the bridge to a record store, I don't know if it's still there now, would have been in Brooklyn. It was a big vinyl record store. Um, wow, what's the name? There's only one, and you'll be. I remember it's like red and yellow, kind of like, like a, it was almost like the the huge mega store for vinyl. But I used to go over there and buy vinyl because at that time I was signed to Atlantic, and Craig Kalman, who was they and are there, was a huge vinyl collector. So I remember him giving me like vinyl I couldn't get back home and stuff. So it was a wicked time. That's fantastic. Like, that kind of just goes to show, like, how much of a mecca New York could be. And, like, I've noticed, like, when I revisited your music, I noticed that kind of thread of uh, respecting, like, music that you seem to love. And um, what really caught me, is particularly for following my intuition that I was really impressed with, is that I feel like out of all the records you made before, this is probably your most uh, collaborative record. And I think that was really interesting, where here you've taken some time off on releasing records, you released a new one, and this one I feel like it's very much you, but it has you opening up working with so many people. What was that like, being able to do that? Do you know what? The way... It was kind of like a re-entry into, into the, the new time of, of music, because I'd been away for like maybe four or five years, and I'd moved to Miami, and I was setting up there and getting kind of my life in, in, in gear there. But then... When I felt like, you know what, actually I needed to be back amongst a lot of the UK producers and songwriters. So a year and a half or so I went back to the UK and I started working with so many young up and coming producers and songwriters. So at that time there were the new guys called Blonde and there was this young guy called Sagala and there was this guy who was doing his thing for quite a while, Big Nasty. But it was like, yeah, this So the collaborations came as a as me going into sessions and just being very open because before I'd never had that experience because I'd been very much with one producer the first album was just with Mark Hill and we did the whole record together and that was just it yeah. so it was different to me going in with all these different people and just letting go and then when the album started to come together weirdly enough everything seemed to kind of like meet in the middle so these records started to pop off as collaborations so that's why of the record is the collaborative records yeah. rather than it being a, who should I work with it was just like well all of a sudden now Sagala's having the big hits and Blonde's having the big hits and you know yeah. so. I think he also worked with one of my favourite guys uh, M&EK yeah yeah, yeah 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 I love that kid man. yeah we worked on a, on a song called Change My Love yeah with these uh, producer guys from TMS he's wicked he? he's a wizard man. yeah yeah he's got he has a very a skill set for writing songs that is so natural to him do you know what I mean yeah I think hopefully, like at some point, 
he'll be able to release the album that he wants to release, yeah. which weirdly enough is not like the stuff that you hear him writing for everyone else. Really? His, yeah, his stuff is is a lot more kind of neo soul and kind of it's a different vibe to the pop records and pop R&B he makes. That's massive. So, yeah. You know what I really loved about hearing this is that when I think about TS5 and what you'll be doing tonight here in Williamsburg, is that. I feel like that approach to being open to work with so many people is kind of almost contradictory to how people act when they get older. I feel like so many people find themselves feeling weird about work with old, like people who are younger, people who are doing different things, but you seem very open to it. Do you feel like the spirit of that kind of carried over into how you perform with TS5 and how that all got started? Yeah, TS5 is like, it's like, for me, it's freedom, man. It's like chains off and being able to flex just the way that I want to do it. Because when I was in Southampton, yeah. I was working the circuit as a DJ. I was emceeing first for another DJ and then I started doing residencies as a DJ. So that being in the club, playing new records that I just bought from London, learning my craft through, to be honest, through so a lot of things not going right. I mean, when the records started jumping and I had to find another bit of vinyl yeah. while I'm having to grab the mic and freestyle something to the crowd so they don't go crazy and be like, yo, what's going on? Finding another bit of record, put it on, and then and then after people saying, "Wow, man, that was sick! That thing you did in the middle of your set," and I'm thinking, if only you knew what I was going through, what yeah. was happening, and all those things led to me being very comfortable around records and decks and the crowd and the mic. But then when I released my albums and stuff, I never really incorporated the DJ part. But then bringing that back in, I feel like I'm back, like. 99-2000 again yeah. in terms of that I feel fresh man I can play any tunes I can freestyle I can vibe and I know how to hold the crowd through my 16 years of performing yeah. as an artist which I never had as a DJ back then so it's, it's wicked combining the two TS5 is my thing, man. Yeah, well, I was actually gonna go into that next because I saw some video of you performing uh, earlier. I think it was like The Great Escape last year. And what I love so much about seeing how you perform TS5 is that the, the, the divide between performing a DJ set or a live set, it doesn't seem like there's much of a divide for you, where it's like you are just as active behind the decks as you would be if you're just like strutting mm-hmm. the stage. And like, I feel like for most people going into a show not knowing what to expect, they would be surprised by that. Do you feel like there's that level of like upped engagement because of like how into it you get when you're performing with a TS5 show. Yeah, I think the people who don't understand what TS5 is, yeah. who hear the word DJ and then kind of locked into that, okay, you must be behind the decks just playing songs. Okay? Yeah. But then when they come to the show, what people gone away with, which excites me, because I know as a performer, yeah. having gone to so many shows with other artists, being a performer myself of what it takes to keep Engaged. Yeah. So I would never. I, I couldn't just play a set and not get even get on the mic or just like, hey guys, and just play music. Yes. Yeah. Anyone could do that. But when you incorporate performance and then back behind the decks and knowing how long to give a song before, if it's, it's too long, that people are just like, come on, man, we want your tunes. And then just yeah. as they're about to, bam, you're into your own song and everyone, and you're out doing a freestyle. It's that energy that for me is like people go away saying. Wow, I didn't know what TS5 is, but I, I now know what it is. That's massive. You know, going more into that, uh, you mentioned earlier about Miami, and when I was reading about TS5, it seemed like it all started there for you. What was it about being in Miami that birthed this whole TS5? I think it was the thing of kind of having gone crazy clubbing for a while, for about a year and a half, just being out there enjoying South Beach. And 
then I was just like a little over the being in a club and there being this kind of slight elitist thing of people over this side of the red rope in the VIP supposedly are having the best time ever and the drinks yeah. are flowing but if you're on this side now nah you're not worthy and it's not really the place to be but then I would be in the VIP looking out thinking I would really would like to be where you are right because you've got all the space to dance you can go to the restroom you can go to the bar when you want yeah. whereas I'm in here cramped with all these people drinks spilling all over <laughs> everyone pretending they're having a good greatest time ever but I'm seeing a lot of people on their whatsapp and instagram yeah. so I was like I can't I can't do this anymore and there was that moment where I was like why don't I throw a house party and invite people to my home well it's beautiful beautiful place I bought with a lovely terrace and it was just like it was almost fitted so perfectly for a party yeah put the drinks on put food on keep it quite um, uh, selective with who was coming through rather than just open my house like a club yeah and it slowly turned into this thing of people saying oh man firstly it was just playing a couple tunes then it was like get on the mic and do a little something and then they're like okay do one of your tunes yeah and it slowly built into this thing where TS5 was organically growing into starting off with 10 people in my home a couple of drinks yeah. into me doing my home going back to Southampton yeah. I did Common People there one of the festivals mm-hmm. 40,000 people headlining doing the same thing that I did with 10 people well, crazy bro. you know what's amazing about uh, Miami for a lot of people who don't know which I think makes a lot of sense in this context is that Miami is definitely a lot smaller in contrast to a lot of other cities but it's also very communal so I could see how like over time some of that could start with 10 people and then like as more weeks and months went on you could just like, see more people coming and just like the vibe in it like that must have been a really electric man oh man it was wicked seeing it build to being like and I'm not saying it by a bias because it was my own home, yeah. but it was the best house party that was going on in, in, in South Beach period yeah. because it was different it, in terms of, it wasn't like I'm throwing a party and there's some music playing and you can there's drinks and food. This was like, you came in as a guy or a girl and I'm on the mic and I'm giving you a shout out. Yeah. So as a girl who's got a beautiful dress on, all of a sudden everyone's looking like, wow, who's that who's coming through? Yeah. Or the guy wants to kind of be, he wants to feel like he's VIP. So, so I was like, I'll make you feel VIP, man. I'll give you a shower. And, and then, oh man, I feel like, yeah, I feel good. And that was what I wanted people to feel. I wanted everyone to feel exactly the same and to have the best time they could because for me to perform is what I love. Yeah. So I didn't feel like I was lost in this just drinking and losing my mind. I was able to do what I love. They were able to enjoy it. Yeah, and I think what's huge about that and why it must have been going on for as long as it has, TS5, is that, you know, a lot of people might hear that and think they could probably correlate that with something else, but especially for me, someone who goes to a lot of clubs and shows and things like that, like, that's very specific. Like, that doesn't sound like something I can even recall experiencing anywhere else, so it sounds like TS5, it's very much its own thing, and experiencing that kind of just reaffirms that. Yeah, I think it's one of those moments where taking it from my home and then putting it into a club was one of the, the biggest moves because for, for me, because I didn't know how people would would accept it or not. Would they be like, yeah, it works in my house as a house party in Miami. Yeah. But is it going to work in London, in the hipster area in Hackney, yeah. in London, to 250 people? Let's have a look. So I went about it and I performed there and I said to myself, I'm not going to just play the songs that I know that the hipster crowd would just want to hear. I'm going to play a similar set to what I would do in Miami. So I played like Mario, let me love you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which really, on paper, 
would have been people just throwing bottles at you and shouting like... But like, what are you doing? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It went off. It was crazy. I saw people like, and this wasn't like an older crowd. This was a young kids in there, like going crazy for this. And I was thinking, this can work, man. Yeah. And it built from 250 slowly to a did a 750 capacity then we did a 1500 then we got to 5000 then we still do all those festivals and it, it went crazy so my approach to it in the US is 100% exactly the same it's like we start from from the grassroots up yeah like this is my second show and we sold out within like 10 minutes in yeah. Brooklyn from a show that people don't know what TS5 is the first time around that like it went crazy fast yeah. we've got a little bigger venue and it's gone crazy fast again and I can see it happening again yeah. do you know what I mean yeah so last question and you know thanks again for taking the time to chat it's fantastic yeah uh when it came to crafting the playlist for what you wanted to do with ts5 what was the track that you like put into there that you were like i cannot wait to just see the people go off to this like what what's become your like favorite track out of that service the one that for me goes off like differently is when i did a freestyle of filming over the jack U. Where Are You Now, Justin Bieber yeah. record. When I did a mashup of that on, on one of the radio stations back in the UK, it ended up going viral and it was like a, a moment. But when I played it in my set, people go nuts to it because they're like, oh, okay, you're gonna do that MC and kind of rap speed over it. And that gets people, because they're just like, what is this about? <laughs> so tonight, I'll drop it tonight. You'll, 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 yeah. you'll, you'll feel it because it's when it drops, yeah people are like and I feel it I have to hold myself back from getting too hyped because I feel like I want to drop, drop the mic and jump in the crowd it's like it gets too much sometimes but That's yeah, that would be it and the, the song's called 16 because we re-recorded re- it and then dropped it and put it on the album follow my intuition so it, people could actually get a, a studio copy of it too oh that's fantastic yeah Kirk David thanks for chatting my pleasure man thank you yeah, appreciate it